Well, I've been tasked this morning to get us kicked off by discussing the topic, mature masculinity and the gospel, mature masculinity and the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Well, if I could take a stab at it, I would say that an historical narrative could go as such. Once God's people were enslaved by sin and corrupted by evil, God responds by delivering his people into the hands of an oppressive regime. But behold, into darkness comes a light. As an angel is dispatched from heaven and appears to a peasant woman with this prophecy of a miraculous pregnancy. The angel declares that this Nazarite child will be the savior of his people. And this child will be born. And although we're missing the first 20 years of his life, what we do know is he grows up to perform miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. He dazzles masses with his words. And he prepares a wedding feast for his wayward bride. Eventually, God's chosen delivers, is delivered into the hand of his enemies by one he loved in exchange for silver. This savior was paraded through the middle of a city. He was savagely beaten. He was ruthlessly mocked and he was utterly abandoned. Yet, with outstretched arms, Through one man's death, God put to death the enemies of his people. That's the gospel. And the Baptocostal preacher in me wishes he could continue. And so he lay in that tomb all day Friday, all day Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he rose. He rose from the dead. But. But unfortunately, I can't do that. I can't do that. One, because we're at a men's conference. We ain't trying to go there. We ain't trying to have no church up in here. So so we're at a men's conference. So I'm going to try to act a little dignified right now. But secondly, because that narrative that I just told you, that's not the story of Jesus. That narrative that I just walked through is the life of none other than Samson. That's Samson's story. Samson has been a complexity for the, for, for the church for a very long time. Why? Because he's the clearest foretelling of Christ in the Old Testament. Yet, in the same vein, he's also the clearest picture of the jacked-up church. We just preached through a series on Hosea, and I don't know which one is the clearest picture of who we are as God's wayward bride. Samson's life, his calling from the beginning is to be a man of blessing to the people that he's called to. Uh, Judges 13, 24 reads as such. The woman gave birth to a boy and she named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. Here we see that Samson's life, from the beginning, he was called to be a blessing. 
And Josh gave us a helpful definition of what blessing is yesterday. The Hebrew word barak can be translated to speak the intentions of God. Samson was supposed to be an embodied, embodied sermon to the people of God's intention for man. We also have the word makarios, which can be translated happiness. And we also are given the word eulogia, which can be described as the good word. Blessing was supposed to be the marking of Samson on this earth. But what we see is instead of being a blessing, he actually became a curse to his people. And it's for this important reason. Where blessing is abused, cursing is inevitable. Where blessing is abused, cursing is inevitable. Cursing is further strengthened and accelerated by the lies that we embody. And so what I, do, what I, what I hope to do in, in the remaining time is I want to highlight three ways, three lies that Samson believed that actually prevented him from living and being a man of masculine maturity. And then what I want to do is end with how the gospel changes it all. First point is, mature masculinity descends from calling. Mature masculinity descends from calling. Judges 13.5 says, You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Keywords, dedicated to God. From the womb, he's to be dedicated to God. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So before even conceived, God dispatches angels two times to say to this peasant woman, you are going to be the deliverer of the deliverer. But I don't want you to focus on that part. The deliverance is going to come from his dedication to me. Deliverance is going to come from his dedication to me. You and I, brothers, are first and primarily called to be dedicated to God. This word dedication is, it should symbolize this lover that we talked about yesterday. Dedication comes through that lover. It's a relationship with God. Most of us, when we think about dedication, we jump, we jump immediately to warrior. In order to be dedicated to God, I need to do the right things. I need to avoid the wrong things in order to be dedicated to God. But your ability to say no to things and your ability to say yes to God comes from a relationship with God. And this is what Samson was supposed to have, is a relationship with God. But here's the caveat. With calling comes responsibility. With calling comes responsibility. Verse 4 says, Manoah, Samson's mother, and Samson himself were to not have wine, strong drink, or unclean foods, and was to never cut his hair. What God gave Samson and his mother, what God gave them in being called, dedicated to himself, was loving limitations. He gave them loving limitations. And you may ask the question, why? 
How is coming and saying, avoid strong drink? How is saying, don't cut your hair? How is that loving? Um, I don't know how many in here aspire to be an astronaut. Uh, I don't. I just know I'm disqualified from the beginning. Uh, One reason is the dedication that it takes to be an astronaut. Before you can even become an astronaut, you have to be a a jet test pilot. You have to have over 10,000 hours of flight experience. And this is what knocks me out. You have to be scuba certified. (laughs) And I ain't getting in nobody's water. There's all these limitations on being prepared to become an astronaut. Why? Because one, this is what the astronaut understands. The riskiness of the mission. The riskiness of the mission. Not only is my life dependent upon this, but I'm also representing the nation that's sending me. Brothers, this is the truth. In being called to God, you're called to something risky. And in order to fulfill this risky mission that God has called us to in being a mature, masculine man of presence and blessing, you have to be prepared for it. And so he's going to put loving limitations in your life to prepare you for the mission that he's called you to. Unfortunately, many of us treat God's calling sort of like I treat Milky Ways in an assorted bag of chocolate. You know what I mean, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to those when all the good stuff is gone. I'll get to that later. And that's many times how how we treat our calling to God. And we believe this lie, and the lie goes something like this. I will win. I will win. Lord, I will be dedicated when I'm older. Lord, I will follow your purposes for my my life when I read more Bible. Lord, I will follow you when things are more convenient. But verse 20 is what scares me. Chapter 16, verse 20 reads as such. By the time we get to uh, chapter 16, Samson has broken every command that God has given him as being called to be a Ninevite set apart for his use. And verse 20 of chapter 16 says this, he did not know that the Lord had left him. That should put some trembling in you. That should put some trembling in you. Samson did not know that because of his rejections of the call to be a masculine man of presence and blessing that the Lord had left him. That means he was living in such a way that he wasn't dependent upon God. He skipped his primary call to be dedicated to God in a relationship of closeness, and the Lord left him. That should put some trembling within us. Point number two. Mature masculinity descends from calling But in addition, mature masculinity depends upon character. Judges 16 verse 4 says, After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came came up to her and said, Seduce him, seduce him, seduce him. 
and see where his great strength lies and by what means he may, we may overpower him, that we may bind him and humble him, and we will each give you 1,000 pieces of silver. So where calling answers the why question, why are we to be masculine men of presence and blessing? Character now answers the how question. The how can we be mature men of blessing? Um, it answers how are we to live? And many people would give you a simple answer, not like Samson. How are you supposed to live to obey God and follow him, be in relation with him, and represent him well? Just don't live like Samson. Like, that, that's an that's a easy answer. And because, you see, chapter 16 begins with homeboy strolling down the Las Vegas Strip and seeing, seeing those baseball cards, those escort baseball cards on the ground, and instead of kind of like just kicking it to the side, he actually picks one up and he dials the 1-800 number, and he actually uh, goes with this uh, woman of ill repute, and he does some Netflix and chill. No Netflix. <laughs> and this is the thing. We see in Samson that he was not a man of character. And this is what you know about yourself. Neither are you. Neither are you the perfect man of character that you are supposed to be. And I know that's true of you because I know it's true of me as well. Character can be defined as to be moral, ethic, of ethic quality, and of good repute. So Samson was not this man of perfect character, but I'm so grateful for this quote. God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. In spite of Samson's moral fallenness, in spite of his pushing away from the calling of God on his life, God still uses him. So there's two things about character that we must embody, and these two things are discipline and denial. Discipline is the ability to say no. Denial is the ability to be told no. And Samson was unable to do either one of these and fell into a life of sin. So the lie that he lived under was this, I deserve. I deserve. Instead of looking at the goodness of God and living into his calling, Samson instead decided to live a life by, asking, by saying to himself, I deserve. I deserve to lay hands for, on all of the things that give me pleasure. I deserve all these things in my life, and you and I do the same. I worked hard this week, so I deserve. I read my Bible this week, so I deserve. And the good news is that the gospel transforms this. And so the third thing quickly, the third point quickly is mature masculinity deepens with competence. Mature masculinity deepens with competence. In chapter 16, eventually, Samson's rejection of calling, his moral failings lead him into being captured and handed over to his enemies. And as he stands with blood pouring from his gouged eye sockets, he does something foreign to him. He displays faith and vulnerability by calling out to God. He displays faith and vulnerability by calling out to God. And that's what God wanted all along. 
He wanted to have a relationship with Samson. He wanted Samson to understand that his identity was not in the strength that had been God-given to him, but it was in the relationship with him in which he would find true, true identity and restoration. So he cries out to God, and we get to do the, the, the same very thing. Let me tell you what scares me about competent men. Competency is you using the giftings, the talents, the time, the treasure, the personality that God has given you. But what scares me about competent men is we get to hide. Often we take the gifts that God has given us, and instead of using them for blessing, we hide behind them. We isolate, and we're actually applauded because we can do some things very well. Samson, instead of drawing near to God in vulnerability, actually hid and pulled away from him because he believed this lie about his life. And the lie, the lie Samson believed was, instead of, um, instead of believing in God, he believed that, I got this. I can do this all on my own. I can live this life. I can deliver my people in my own strength. And that leads to his fall. Now, if you leave right now, if you leave right now with everything that I said, and you just say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to live as a man that's called to God. If you leave right now and say, what I need to do is gird up and have better character, and you go and try to stop doing the bad things and start doing the good things. If you leave right now and say, I'm not going to rely on my competence. Uh, Instead of hiding from them, I'm going to try to expose myself in vulnerability. If you leave right now, with everything that I've said and try to do it, you'll be doomed just like Samson. See, the point of everything that I just said was to point to his catalytic moment. And his moment of transformation happened as he is stretched, beaten, and emptied. And he comes to the realization that everything that had got him to that point was no longer going to get him anywhere else. And he falls down and he cries out to God and says, strengthen me. Samson falls down and says, I don't have anything within myself that can get me to God, that can bring deliverance. I need God. The true gospel is where Samson was a foretelling of the gospel, Jesus was the better Samson. Jesus was the pure perfect Samson. Instead of being born to a barren mom, Jesus Christ was born to a virgin. And instead of rejecting the calling, Jesus lived the calling perfectly and walking as we were supposed to. So no longer do we have to say, no longer do we have to believe the lie that that I will. Instead, Sorry, no longer do we say, I will win. We say, I must now. Because of all that Jesus has done for me, because now I'm not living for love, I'm living from it. Now I get to say, instead of I will win, I must now. I must now come to Christ and rely upon him to make me the mature man that I want to be.
And because Jesus is the perfect Samson, and, and, and he willingly died on the cross for us, not for, not for vengeance, but for cosmic justice, now instead of saying, I deserve, we get to say, I deserved. I deserved the wrath of God to be laid upon me. But instead, Jesus drank every drop of it so that I can be the pure and holy and, and freed man to follow him and contend against all evil in this world with cosmic justice. Jesus was the perfect Samson. And finally, unlike Samson, unlike Samson, sorry. Unlike Samson, Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. He put to death, death, so that nothing could rule over you, so that you could be the mature, masculine man that embodies and reflects the joy and the, and, the, and the compassion of a God who died for you. Samson didn't die for you. Samson died for himself. But Jesus died for you so that you could do the same for others. So this is the question that I would ask you. Where of those three do you struggle? Do you struggle with calling? Would you say right now, I'm a man who's dedicated to God. I push aside everything and my one pursuit in life is God and a relationship with him. Would you say, would you say I'm believing the lie or you're believing the truth? Number two, I would ask you, do, would you say that your struggle is not necessarily the calling, but I'm just not a man of character. I actually don't know how to say no to myself, and I, I don't know, and I'm being struggled and conquered and ruled by sin. Is that where you are today? And then third is, would you answer the question and say, I am a man who's hiding behind my confidence. I've isolated, I've pulled away because I believe that I need to be somebody and I need to portray that I am somebody that's actually bringing death to me. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take 10 minutes and we're going to turn and we're going to chat and we're going to talk as men. And we're going to ask God to give us vulnerability to answer the question, the, has the gospel transformed the way that I believe that I am called to be a masculine man today. And we're going to ask the Lord to make us blessings for our time and our day.